Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Three years ago, a Tennessee man took a wrong turn and ended up in Missouri. He got lost and went to the police for help. And within seven hours, he was dead. The subject of a dog pile in a jail cell in Mississippi County. That's in Missouri's boot heel, about 40 miles south of Cape Girardeau. Jail officials pressed down on his neck for three minutes. They didn't stop even as their colleagues urged them to ease up. They didn't stop until he passed out. And Tory Sanders died not long after. He was 28 years old. At the time, one of the only journalists to pay much attention to his death was Doyle Murphy. He was then a staff writer at the Riverfront Times. He's now the editor-in-chief of the paper. And in a May 2017 cover story, Doyle detailed how Tory Sanders had sought help from law enforcement, only to wind up dead at their hands. I talked to Tory's mother and aunt after he, was, after he died. And I remember talking about him just kind of looking around for help after he'd lost, after he'd run out of gas and lost his way. And I think his mother told him, he was asking her, you know, will, will the police help me if I go ask, you know, ask police to, to help me find my way? And she said, yeah, sure. Yeah, the police will help you. I'm figuring that they would at least point him to a bus stop or something. And it turned out to be, through no fault of hers, just such a terrible turn. Um, you know, I think he, he really, like they still believed that the police would help him. And I think in a lot of places that if he didn't landed in a different town, they might have, but it, it's just such a, like a series of little small decisions through the way that turned so tragic for him. It, I mean, any one of these, it, it could have gone a different way and Tori would still be alive. That's Doyle Murphy of the Riverfront Times. The case was shocking to Doyle, and in full disclosure, it was also shocking to me. I was then Doyle's editor at the Riverfront Times. And I think it's fair to say that Tory Sanders' death haunted both of us. But while Doyle stayed on the story, and the state chapter of the NAACP did its best to push for answers, bigger news outlets never really followed. No one was ever charged in Sanders' death, and the story faded from the headlines. That area of Missouri is kind of a vacuum and it's down in the boot hill. There's some small papers. There's a, you know, TV station or two that cover parts of it, but there's not really like the, the wider focus on it. I mean, even after we wrote about this, I reached out to some people in the places that I thought you know, might be interested in, in looking at this too. Because I just thought like a, a broader media spotlight would would maybe a, turn up some more information or help make some changes there. But it was just, I think it was just kind of too far off the beaten path for everyone. And that was before, you know, people were really looking at, oh, here's a case where somebody really pushed down on this guy's neck or where they, you know, they put a knee on his neck and, you know, that he was struggling in these times that, um, you know, in, in a way that's so kind of eerily similar to what happened to George Floyd. Um, but I think at the time, nobody was really paying attention. 
And that, again, is Doyle Murphy of the Riverfront Times. Now, the eerie similarities that Doyle describes there, that they now have the NAACP and some state lawmakers calling for fresh eyes to take a look at Tory Sanders' death. And joining me today to talk about this new push for action is Nimrod Chappell, Jr. He is the president of the Missouri NAACP. Nimrod, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you for having me. When did you first realize the similarities between George Floyd's death and this three-year-old case here in Missouri? Well, instantly. Instantly, to be honest, because uh, they are so similar. You know, Floyd and Sanders both died with law enforcement's knee literally on their neck. Mm -hmm. The only difference was Floyd was in the middle of a street and Mr. Sanders was in a jail cell. And this this thing about the jail cell, I feel like sometimes when people hear a man died in jail, they assume, oh, you know, he's been convicted of a crime. He deserves to be in jail. That was not at all the case with this guy. Um, he just got lost. What do we know about Tory Sanders' life before he ended up making this wrong turn into Missouri? Well, sure, sure. Tory Sanders was a, a 28-year-old man, uh, lived in Tennessee, uh, was married, had a number of children, loved by his family, uh, and had gone out for a drive that night uh, ostensibly to clear his head. Uh, runs out of gas uh, that night, and his life was forever changed by his interaction with law enforcement at that time. Mm -hmm. And we know um, from the reporting Doyle's done on this and from the lawsuit and, and, you know, calls to the family, we know that he sought out law enforcement because he he wanted some help. Do we have any idea of why the Mississippi County um, Sheriff's Department ended up turning on him so fiercely? No, no. And and they actually... and interacted with him twice. The first time uh, at a gas station, apparently, you know, they, they, they talked to each other. They understood that he was trying to get some money to get some gas, and they left him there. Uh, the, the second time, uh, they, they say that he was act, acting weird, um, and so they, they took him into protective custody. Uh, now, you know, protective custody is a lot different than being arrested mm-hmm. for a crime or even thought that you committed a crime. They, uh, they wanted to make sure that he was okay. And so they called a mental health professional from one of the local agencies who, I think, within 12 or 16 minutes determined that he was fine. So they determined that he's fine. And this protective custody, this was supposed to be protecting him from himself is the idea. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And yet things in the next couple hours ended up going so awry. I mean, some of these details are so horrible. And my understanding is many of these interactions are captured in surveillance um, in this jail where we see them um, aiming tasers at him, blasting him with pepper spray through sort of a hole in the cell. Um, Just repeated interactions, even before this dog pile, that led to them choking him out. Have you heard any justification on their part for these series of actions? No, no. And, and so at, at one point they, uh, they have said in the uh, civil litigation that they thought that there was a plate that was broken, that they, you know, they fed him a plate uh, at, at noontime, and they thought that that was a broken plate. Uh, but there's no broken plate. I mean, there's no report of a broken plate. This is, and and if, you, if you can imagine those thick plastic trays that you have in an institution like a jail, uh, they are not breakable. Right, <laughs> um, and so uh, that's just something that they made up. What what many suspect is that Mr. Uh, Sanders was in the jail cell that he had met with the mental health professional uh, earlier in the day. That he got there about 10 a.m., about 10:14 actually, and uh, he meets with uh, the mental health guy about noon, 
and the, 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 the mental health guy leaves at 1220, says he's fine, take him out of there. Mm-hmm. Well, hours later, um, you know, Mr. Floyd's asking questions. You can, uh, I understand you can see the jailers coming by and, you know, throwing up their hands or nodding their head or even sometimes pointing their finger at them. Uh, I think he was making noise saying, I want to get out of here. It's it's such a, a mystifying case. And I have to say, I mean, there's so much attention being paid to issues of police brutality, particularly involving black men right now. Do you think race played a role in what happened to Tory Sanders? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, no, number one, this, this particular jail in Mississippi County has a long history mm-hmm. of people being brutalized in the jail. There are a number of deaths that relate to people who were uh, who were being held there, uh, and and th- I have no doubt that when they went into that cell, that they were going to do two things. One, they were going to demonstrate to Mr. Sanders who was in charge, that he could not make noise, and that they would do what they wanted to with him. And then the other thing is that they went in. Why imagine a jail cell in Little Mississippi County? This is not like some palatial cell. This isn't meant for 12 people. This isn't a pod. It's a little bitty place. It might as well be a phone booth. But they packed 10 sheriff's deputies and police officers in there with him in that little bitty cell. You know, uh, there is a perception, and, and I think that some of the jailers actually said this, that, you know, Mr. Sanders was throwing us around. That's just ridiculous. He was a 28-year-old medium-build black guy. That's it. He was not a bodybuilder. He was not a martial arts expert. He wasn't special forces. This isn't some black Rambo. This is a young man who simply wanted to go home. And their perception of him led them to the actions that ultimately brought him to death. We're talking to Nimrod Chapel Jr., the president of the Missouri NAACP, about a troubling death from 2017 in Mississippi County, Missouri. And Nimrod, a really interesting part of this story is the role of the Mississippi County Sheriff. This is a guy named Corey Hutchinson. He'd been elected in 2016 um, in that same election that brought President Trump into office. He was a Republican who toppled the longtime sheriff, a Democrat. Um, and Sheriff Hutchinson vowed to clean up this Boot Hill community. In just a few months of being in office, he wound up facing criminal charges, among them allegations he'd illegally surveilled his opponents. He was actually under indictment for those charges when he led the charge into Sanders' jail cell, these nine officers that rushed in. And am I right in recalling this? Hutchison is one of the people that is accused of um, pressing down on Sanders' neck in that final fatal part of this dog pile. Well, absolutely, absolutely. And straight out of the petition, uh, uh, that they filed in the civil case. And unfortunately, that's where a lot of the facts reside, simply because this case has never been tried. No one's been indicted. There's been no record made of the criminal actions that were done against Mr. Sanders. But the, the statement that came out of there from Mr. Hutchison is that uh, one of his coworkers, this is another officer in that little bitty cell, is trying to determine whether he can get a pulse on Mr. Sanders because he's unresponsive as he's cuffed there. And uh, Hutchinson tells him, no, I'm good, and refuses to move his knee. <sighs> I mean, some of these details, they are, are just horrifying. Um, and again, this guy is already, the guy who refused to move his knee, he was already under criminal indictment at the time. So Attorney General Josh Hawley did open an investigation into this death. Were you thinking that he might charge uh, Sheriff Hutchison for his role in Sanders' death? Well, and this is what was really troubling to me. Yes, yes. At the time, this is, as you can imagine, the NAACP was way up in arms. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a, a death in a jail where 
the person wasn't even in custody. I mean, they were protective custody, but they weren't under arrest, uh, and it was unexplained. Mm-hmm. Governor Greitens at the time promised that there was going to be transparency, that we would get a full copy of the investigation that was being conducted by the Highway Patrol, and we got the same promise out of uh, Holly's office. But but the interesting thing was that we got a promise of justice, as did the family, mm-hmm. uh, and, and then ultimately just dropped it like it was a hot potato with no explanation. We never got a piece of paper regarding the investigation, and that's we, the NAACP. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can understand if... Uh, if just a person was asking a question and they didn't feel like they had to respond to that. But uh, we had been in communication with the family, and of course the community uh, down there in Charleston was very concerned with law enforcement run amok, killing people inside the institution, and I should say killing more people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you would have thought that any time that you've got four people that have died in a row at that same institution, that somebody would be looking into it. But no, no, the Attorney General Holly at the time uh, didn't did not prosecute. And in this death, uh, Holly ended up blaming something called excited delirium. Now that's an explanation that law enforcement sometimes uses in cases that involve tasers, which of course uh, you know were involved here. But it's worth noting this is not recognized as an actual condition by the American Medical Association, the American Psychological Association, or the World Health Organization. Um, and so this is something that Doyle Murphy reported on. Here are some more of his thoughts. Corey Hutchison did not end up getting charged with it, with anything in Sanders' death. He did go to federal prison for a little while for um, illegally tapping into and or illegally tracing people's cell phones. Um, but nothing is, nobody's ever been charged in Tory's death. There's a couple lawsuits pending. Um, but, you know, these many years later, his family is still trying to trying to figure out what happened and trying to find some kind of resolution or some kind of justice out of it. And again, that's Doyle Murphy of the Riverfront Times. Now, Hawley's office, he's now a U.S. senator. They reached out to me unsolicited yesterday when they heard we were doing this show. Uh, they seem to want to defend Hawley's work on this. His spokeswoman uh, gave us a statement that says, as attorney general, Senator Hawley went to court to have the sheriff removed from office, stripped of his badge, charged with state and federal crimes, and sent to prison. Senator Hawley supports any further prosecutorial action the evidence will support. And obviously, when Hawley's talking about those charges they're, they're talking about the charges for surveilling opponents. Those were already on the books at the time that this death happened. Nimrod Chapel, do you think Hawley did everything he could in this case? No, no, and here's why. The prosecutor down there, Mr. Cann, C-A-N-N, who's a local county prosecutor and has been since he was appointed by Governor Holden, recognized that he had a conflict of interest and refused to be uh, a, part of the, a part of the prosecution. So he turned it over to the attorney general's office. Someone has got to seek justice in this case. And if it's not the attorney general, then it's got to be the feds. But to say that, you know, he uh, was forceful in uh, requesting a prosecution for pinging some highway patrolman's phones, that's great. That's a part of the justice system. That's good. But what about the murder? Where's that been prosecuted at? I mean, I think that's a huge question. And you are now pressing Hawley's successor. This is now current Attorney General Eric Schmidt to take this on. Uh, What would you like to see Eric Schmidt do with this case? I would like to see Eric Schmidt reopen the investigation and follow through with prosecution. 
And if he doesn't want to do that, I would like him to take the investigation that's already been concluded by the uh, Highway Patrol for the state of Missouri in conjunction with the Federal Bureau of Investigation and turn it over to federal authorities and request that the U.S. attorneys prosecute Corey Hutchison for the death and the murder of uh, Tory Sanders, along with the officers that were in the cell at the same time. Now, you've won support on this call to action from Missouri's Legislative Black Caucus. Do you think they're going to help you in pushing this issue? Yes, I do. I do. Uh, Senator Carla May has long been an advocate for civil rights, and particularly for the rule of law, as has Stephen Roberts, who's the chair of the Legislative Black Caucus. Both of those individuals, and that body in particular, understand that we as Americans, if we had one unifying theme, is that the laws have to be applied equally to everyone. And so in particular in these cases where Mr. Floyd was murdered and here where Mr. Sanders was murdered, people are demanding that murder charges be brought against those who are accountable. So we got an email from our listener, Rachel, who lives in Fenton. And Rachel writes, this news story has excessive use of force and possible murder charges written all over it. I definitely urge Eric Schmidt to reopen the case and to investigate all officers involved. I never even heard of this case before. Was there an autopsy done? Is Josh Hawley saying he died of excited delirium? I never even heard of this condition. I will call Eric Schmidt's office and urge him to reopen the case. If members of the public are feeling called to do something on this, uh, Nimrod, what would be the best way that they could help you um, uh, put the pressure on as far as this case goes. Well, Sarah, and that's exactly the right thing. Right now, we have talked with Eric Schmidt, and he has told us that he is going to make a determination. Uh, that was at the end of last week that I had that conversation with him, uh, and, and he promised further meetings with the, with the NAACP and other organizations to make sure that we can bring justice. But I, I think that what we need to do now is make sure that the Attorney General understands that the people of Missouri want justice to be had. In this case, just as we had demanded justice with thousands, tens of thousands of us, in the street over the last few weeks demanding justice for Mr. Floyd, who is many states away. We want justice right here at home. And so a call to Eric Schmidt asking that he demand justice and pursue a prosecution of Corey Hutchison and the other people involved in the murder of Tory Sanders would be in order. Nimrod, so many black men have been killed since this particular death. This was in May of 2017. And, and frankly, many of them have been at the hands of law enforcement. What keeps this particular case at the top of your agenda? No one's ever been charged. And the, the Boot Hill has a long history of lynchings, which I think are closely related to law enforcement's perception of African-Americans and black folks there and around that area. Here we have a person who was just driving on the road and ran out of gas. Well, you know, the NAACP has been complaining for the last 20 years that we've been collecting data about the vehicle stops report, in essence, a determination on how many people who are black are being stopped and why that's out of proportion when compared to Caucasian brothers and sisters. And, and we're almost at 100%. So if we can't drive on the roads and be safe, if we can't look towards law enforcement, peace officers, as they're often known as, to make sure that things are going well on some of our worst days, and that's ostensibly what they said they were going to do for Tory Sanders. But they did the exact opposite. You know, while they had communications amongst each other telling each other, let him go, get him out of there, he ends up dead. You know, the idea that the chief law enforcement of the county would murder a person in the cell, tell 
telling someone that he is good, leaving his knee on his neck while the person is cuffed after he has been beaten and tased and pepper sprayed so much that the officers had to leave the jail because they couldn't breathe and were coughing. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, Tory Sanders was tortured. When you get right down to it, he was tortured. And they thought that they could do that to him simply because he was a young man, because he was a black man, because he had nobody there. They had medical experts that came and they evaluated him, and they decided that despite that advice that he was free to leave, that they ought to do something to make sure that he could put a little gas in his car and just get back home. I'm sure his family would have sent money, and they they made arrangements at a local Walmart, I understand, to transfer money. But instead of doing something sane like that, they beat the devil out of him. And that is the fear of every black mother and father as they watch their children go out the door. And at some point, these little cute and cuddly kids that we have and that we're raising up and laying in sandboxes and swinging on swings go to being some kind of a threat or menace. But there's no telling. You just don't know when that's going to happen. For Tory Sanders, it was as he was stranded on the side of a road. You know, Uh, that's why this case bears so much on our feelings about the criminal justice system, about the way that civil rights are enforced in Missouri. Because to be honest with you, when we imposed the travel advisory as the NAACP, it was the first time that it had ever been done. And we did that because the criminal justice system is failing black people in Missouri, as is the civil justice system, while at the same time, legislators are cutting off avenues to relief through either mechanism. Well, Nimrod Chappell Jr., there are some really serious issues here, and I want to thank you for joining us today and and explaining them so cogently. Thank you. Thank you. And Nimrod, again, he's the president of the Missouri NAACP. We are going to stay on this story, and we will see what happens next. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.